Michael, you don't have Lance Link's Secret Chimp as one of yours, right? Hello and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. I'm Jeff Hopkins and I'm joined by my good friends Richard Manfredi and Michael Winfield. Hey, this is Richard. Hello. Hey, it's Michael. Hi there. These jerks spend most of their time arguing with each other about the Mount Rushmore of life, the four things that best represent a certain topic. They've asked me to jump in and serve as the judge and jury to decide who's right. On this week's topic, non-Bond spies. Richard Manfredi, your name sounds most like a Bond villain, so you go first. Um, I'd just like to point out, again, these are non-Bond spies, so this will be four non-bonds. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> guys, I, I, I'm done, I guys. Think, I can't I can't top that, guys. I'm out of here. I didn't think it was going this way right away. Well, sometimes things just go downhill from the start. So, no, my first choice, Emma Peel from The Avengers. Um, just pretty much with the iconic female spy. If uh, you guys out in podcast land have never seen The Avengers, Please go out and find it. It used to be on BBC America. Not sure if it's still on there because I don't have cable because fuck the man. But it is on DVD. You can go out there and find it um, from the 1960s. And it really is kind of the quintessential super fun spy kind of TV show. Yes. Did they have fiction back then? I thought anything before the 70s was just all fact. Well, it's, it's interesting. It was actually in Britain. They didn't they, they were still recovering from the war, so they hadn't really got around to rationing fiction out very much. So one thing I loved about the old spy adventures and, and where they were always masters of disguise, but you could always tell exactly who they were all the time, even when they're in disguise. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was the, the worst disguise as possible. It was like a bad mustache, which if you're Emma Peel really doesn't work quite as well. But no, Emma Peel, as played by Diana Rigg, was you know, beautiful. Um, she was a, probably one of the first female like kind of spy action heroines. I mean, she was a, 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 a master fencer. She was a martial artist. She was also a, a certified genius uh, specialized in chemistry. Um, so she could more than hold her own with any of the uh, males that she had to deal with on the show. And then just her and Patrick McNee had this incredible chemistry, him as John Steed. I mean, it was snappy repartee, a little bit of flirty. You know, and her look was just kind of very so iconic with like the, the black uh, cat suit and everything. I mean, am I right, guys? I mean, am I am I right? Hello. Hey, right. I mean, it's a little creepy when I kind of say that. Nobody. Listen, I never watched the show, but did they ever bang? Because that's all I did. They bang. Um, not on screen. This was this was the BB, the Beeb the Beeb in 1966. I, I don't believe that would have that uh, they would have lost their TV license or whatever the hell you guys had back then. There was a lot of guffaw from Richard just then, but that pretty much confirmed that they banged. And so you're you're all in now. Oh yeah, it sounds great. I mean, I remember when they fixed the show uh, and remade it in uh, the 90s as the Avengers. No, uh, no, no, starring, that's no, that's got that's got Scarlett Johansson. No, that was, no, that was the 2000s one uh, oh. when they fixed it with uh, uh, Joseph Fiennes and uh, Ray Fiennes, Ray Fiennes, oh. Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman. Thank you. Uh, they, fi- they did all the things that was bad about the show where it sucked and they made it good with the Avengers. How confusing was that to have been at like a, a Comic Con and uh, that it was coming at what, 97, something like 99? that? Uh, yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, there's an Avengers movie and there's there's all these guys that are that are so excited, and then, <laughs> and then it's like the guy's got an umbrella and a bowler, and it's that's, wait, not that's good. a penguin. Wait, which one is the guy that's the actual? No, you guys are crossing over to you. Don't know what you're doing. Uma Thurman looks nothing like Black Widow. This is 
terrible. All right, Michael, what's your what's your top of the list? Well, I I'll keep up with uh, Richard's suggestion uh, in terms of uh, of British spies, but uh, you know I tend to break things down into categories. Like I can't I can't just approach it from one point of view. I kind of approach these lists from multiple points of view. So uh, a big trend in spy movies and spy fiction and spies in general uh, is the comedy aspect of spies. So my number one spy is Austin Powers uh, in the Austin Powers movies. Mm. And uh, as much as I'm sure that there was some kind of serious take on spydom and espionage with the Avengers or such shows as The Man from Uncle or other shows that have abbreviations <laughs> or, or uh, acronyms, I should say. Uh, Austin Powers kind of t- took all of that and kind of garbaged it up into one pretty incredible series of movies that really kind of uh, Americanized and epitomized everything that you thought of James Bond and the Avengers and the man from uncle and Richard's waving his hand because he wants to jump in because I, because now we're going to get into this argument about the merits of gold member. That's terrible movie, Michael. No, super funny. Oh, it's not funny though. That's the problem is that you're right, except that it's not funny at all. And I'm not even sure the second one was all that great. And the first one, I, I absolutely agree with you. I could go back. You can watch that again and it still holds up. But there's a real law of diminishing returns on those. All right, Richard, what's your number two slot? Number two one. So I actually you know, try and do a little bit of the Michael thing and do some categories and, and stuff like that. I can't believe this guy's biting me. He's such a biter. <laughs> I'm stealing, stealing your thunder. Your I'm stealing your thunder, Winfield. Um, so, the, you know, I kind of went with the, uh, the wanted, wanted to go like the 60s kind of kind of uh, take on it. I thought I would do one that's actually an animated cartoon one. There's been a ton of like kind of animated cartoon takes on uh, spies over the years. Um, so the next one, I'm going with the black spy from Spy vs. Spy. This is crazy. Okay. I don't understand how you could how you could parse them out. Listen, I also have I also have uh, spy versus spy as my cartoon spy on here. That's incredible. I do not understand how you could say that the black spy was better than the white spy. Uh, I had to pick I, one. I mean, you it's cheating to go with just both of the spies. If I'm going to go win percent, I'm going to go Gray Spy because she won all of the ones that she was in. That's a good but point. It matter because also, Spy versus Spy versus Spy uh, was, I mean, up until when I was in my mid-20s, that was everything I understood to be. About spies. Spies. Yeah. That pretty much all spies did were take like the big giant black bombs and try and drop them on somebody. But the other one already has like a funnel set up that'll go back to it. But then the other one knows that. So they've got a mallet that's going to hit it back to yeah, the other that's guy. True. That happened. That's pretty much. If you look at the actual like uh, CIA uh, transcripts from the 1960s, that's pretty much how we tried to get Castro. So between Emma Peel and uh, the black spy, all your spies wear black bodysuits, right? So far. It's not. No, it's not. Not a, not a body suit i think he's wearing more of a trench coat type thing with a hat you don't know what his body type is under he might be in he might be pear-shaped under there 
Well, I, and, that, and that fits snugly. That's true. It may, may just be more husky. I, mean, I should just point out about this real quick. I didn't realize the person who uh, created Spy vs. Spy, Antonio Projes, was actually a Cuban exile. He was driven out of uh, Cuba in 1960 from the Castro regime. He was actually a, uh, a very prominent political satirist cartoonist. Wound up getting driven out in 1960, coming over to write for uh, Mad Magazine. Um, and so the whole thing is basically this kind of Cold War metaphor for these two sides. There's no reason for them to be doing what they do. They trade off different one wins every week and there's like no winner. So it's like a big think piece, really. Plus, a lot of times guys get bombs dropped on them. So it's cool. Uh, Mad Magazine was um, great if you're the ages of 8 to 13 and it is basically all of your thoughts and kind of like incorporated into just like cartoonic visuals where for whatever reason um, the most important thing that ever came out of Mad Magazine for me aside from like the fold in back cover was uh, they had like these weird inventions and one of them was a guy that had like these pooper scooper shoes I remember this, yeah. See? Where, like, the back one was, like, a a thing that you held poop, and the other one was, like, like you just scoot it in, and for whatever reason, like, that was, like, the epitome of humor. Uh, When you're, like, 10. I mean, Mad Magazine. Did you find yourself, because Mad Magazine published so many books, like, novelizations of excerpts, and I I quickly went from Mad to the best of Don Martin comic book excerpts, where every time somebody stepped in something, it's a glitch. Glitch. Uh, unintentionally, like I had, I had, I, I'm going to take Spy versus Spy off of my list and, okay. and go with one of my backups. But um, I do have the full collection of Spy versus Spy uh, that I'm sure that after we're done recording here, we're going to just pour through. I, 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 sh- I should just real quickly point out, I believe if you go to my, my parents' old house, there is still the Spy versus Spy board game, which I 100% had. I, for- I, I forgot how like much they... Uh, Productized Spy versus Spy. There was a board game. There's an NES game. Michael, do you remember the NES Spy versus Spy game? No, it wasn't very good, but it existed. I mean, it's they made money and they made bank off of this. All right. Speaking of glitch, what's your number two? Michael? Okay, so my number two. I'll, I'll move this through this one quickly because we took a lot of time on Spy versus Spy. Uh, Who knew? One of the other kind of like spy genres or, or spy tropes is. The person that becomes a spy unintentionally, somehow they kind of get roped into it. Um, there was a recent movie that came out um, with Melissa McCarthy in the movie Spy, which is the least <laughs> the least original name for a spy movie that could ever. It was just, hey, what are we going to call this movie? Spy. All right. Um, but it was the uh, mid-90s movie with Jackie Chan. With Jackie as who am I in the movie who am I uh, now this is your this is your classic movie of someone being mistaken uh, you know there's amnesia mm. involved amazing that you have chosen spy concepts that are kind of derivative so Richard essentially mentioned a pure spy execution but then you've done Austin Powers it's a fish out of water spy satire 
and also um, Spy, the Melissa McCarthy, which is kind of a spy spoof, and then going into the Jackie Chan thing. So there's kind of not a pure spot. Well, I think that I, I mean, I don't, I've never really paid much attention, much attention to spies in general. So what do you want from spying? That's what. What's your? What do you want from a spy movie? I think that's what we're trying to figure out here. I want it all to be like. I don't want it to actually exist. I want it to all be like this fiction and unimaginative, like or, or like super imaginative. Like the real world of spying, I'm sure, is super deadly and horrible. Yeah, and, and probably also really boring. boring. I bet there's a lot of paperwork involved. Yeah, I'm more in, in, interested in Jackie Chan accidentally being this kung fu guy <laughs> that uh, that doesn't know his name, but you know has these amazing martial arts powers and is suspected to be someone else and is fighting guys in this giant high rise and doing these things. These things don't ever happen in the real world. It's guys that are recording things into tape and then pat, like translating from Arabic into like, you know, uh, English. A couple of weeks ago, uh, me and my wife watched the conversation and that is a hundred percent what spying is. It's some lonely guy playing the saxophone in his crappy yeah. apartment and it's not Jackie Chan uh, fighting people that suspect him to be someone else. Yeah. But Michael, Michael, what if we pitched the conversation, a I'm remake in, I'm in. with I'm Jackie Chan, <laughs> with Jackie Chan um, I, I don't, as the Gene Hackman role? I don't think you had this on your list, um, so I'm going to mention it real quickly if you sure. mind. Um, another great uh, unintentional spy movie was Jackie Chan in the tuxedo where uh, he's just some normal guy who, yeah. gets the, who's, who is uh, given this amazing technological tuxedo. Right. That has gives him the karate moves and gives him like the superpowers and the ability to do these things that a normal person couldn't do. Right. Uh, clearly, Jackie Chan is the king of the spies. Got <laughs> right. right. Richard, what's your number three? Well, um, when you think about something being on the Mount Rushmore, you want something iconic and you want something that everybody knows. And there's nothing more iconic than having a verb that people think about when they think about your name. So uh, for my number three pick, I am going with Angus MacGyver, the uh, secret agent from the Phoenix organization from the TV show MacGyver. Um, I have a quick question. Sure. Is Phoenix an acronym for something? I don't think so. I looked okay. this up and it didn't, it wasn't like P dot H dot. It was just Phoenix. Maybe they, they're in Phoenix. Can we all get back to, can we get, can I interrupt real quick and get mm-hmm. back to your thought? Here are some, um, here's a list of acronyms in spy movies. In sure. Particular. Uh, acrostic, aim, anvil, ape, apo, blue, siso, clitoris. What? CMDF, <laughs> Cobra, Control, Cops, Dark, Dupe, These Aris, are all medications Fear, I'm Firm, Flag, Foul, yeah. Gag, Gas, Gar, Giddy, Grandpa, Gross, Hammer, Harm, Heat, Heat, God, they used them to say thing twice, uh, Hive, Hunt, Hydra, Ica, Isis, Ice, Mph, Kaboom, Chaos, Love Muffin, Mask, Nid, Nuri, I could spend the rest of this podcast. Please don't. Please it's, don't. It's, it's amazing that... Um, that has begun such such an interesting trope within like the spy organization that you have to acronym everything. Right. I think it was interesting to get back on MacGyver because oh, I don't care about what Phoenix because I, I don't care about what you just said. So I'm trying to get to Phoenix. Yeah. No. Uh, 
Interestingly enough, I just looked this up. The Los Angeles-based Phoenix organization. I guess they couldn't call them the Los Angeles organization. That would have been a little too on the nose there. But no, I mean, you were talking about kind of the Jackie Chan, the whole idea of somebody who's not a spy, but kind of winds up kind of taking on the mannerisms and everything of a spy. In a way, MacGyver is something like that. I mean, he's very skilled at hand-to-hand combat. And a couple of times you see him fire a gun or something. But for the most part, he gets kind of uses his mind and his like scientific knowledge and his like a MacGyverness to be able to get out of jams. And that's, you know, that's something a lot of times, you know, in spy movies, you wind up seeing them having to resort to something other than just brute strength or something like that to get by. And plus, it's MacGyver. I mean, who I want? I totally wanted to be MacGyver when I was like ten. Who was he a spy for? The Phoenix Organization was a spy, a secret agent, kind of a spy. He would do spy stuff. Hmm. That's uh, what I'd heard about Roger Moore, who was the longest running Bond. Yeah, was that he had a, such a distaste for guns that he, when the script said Bond shoot somebody, he would try to talk them into. So saying a saucy rejoinder or some kind of clever line instead. And that's why the the Roger Moore Bond became this kind of foppish cartoon of Bond <laughs> was something having to do with Roger Moore's aversion to guns. And sometimes he would just hold his hand up like the, like make it like and go bang, bang. And then the guy would fall down, which kind of ruined a few movies in his Prussian accent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. Again, my litany of uh, great accents we've shown on the, the right. pod. Michael, you're uh, number three. My number three spy is my serious spy. And so I, I might have been a little bit of a little bit of jokey with the first two, but um, Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible is the most serious and dedicated to his art of spydom I would, that, I, I, that I can think of in 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 any movie or iteration. I Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt is as dedicated to doing the correct thing. And be, uh, finding his way out of a situation that anyone – he doesn't joke around. He gets on his motorcycle. I mean that could be any Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> right, yeah. But he gets on his motorcycle and he puts on his fake rubber mask and he, he knows the consequences of what could happen if he fails. And I don't know if there's anyone else that takes that on. As much as he does, where it's also impressive to be a spy when you're like five foot one. It's tough. Well, it is, and he knows that. I mean, is, that is that what he's taking on right there? Proving my point. When his when he puts the mask on to be somebody to also make him grow like six inches. Is that how that works? It's a big mask. It's not a small mask. Mm. Like you you have you have flip flopped since I think you're describing Ethan Hunt's dedication seems to be also absence of complete absence of awareness or irony. Unlike Austin Powers is winking through the whole show, Ethan Hunt is kind of one else. Like, sure, and, <laughs> and I didn't even think about that at the time that it happened to be Tom Cruise that in Goldmember in or and was it Goldmember? Yeah, in Austin Powers in Goldmember, he was the one that was playing Austin Powers in like the fake version oh, of the. Yeah, movie. you're God, right. This is if I haven't gotten bonus points for that irony, I don't even know what is going through your head right now. <laughs> I don't know. Like every every Mission Impossible movie, except for the second one, which oh, it was John Cho movie. Was John, John Woo. John Woo, yeah. Uh, have just gotten uh, better and better and more intense. And the screws have been put to this guy even more and more. I mean, you know, we can't talk about James Bond because he's this third rail of non-Bond spies. But I think he takes it to that next level that James Bond takes it to without being James Bond. He's the he's the American James Bond is what I'd like to say. I think also in each outing of the franchise, they have to go under or more covertly than each previous one. Seems like so the MI... 
program gets canceled and they have to go underground. Right. And then somehow underground gets canceled. They have to go <laughs> under the underground. That's right. And then they become ghosts at one point. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. So, well, yeah. The, yeah. Well, the protocol kicks yeah. in. Yeah. Right. And they go and they become ghosts. <laughs> yeah. And they have to spend half of the movie on. Ooh, I'm a scary ghost. All right. What's your fourth, Richard? Well, it's funny because I. With my first three, I kind of did, you know, like the 60s, did a cartoon one, the 80s one. So I felt like I should do one that's more contemporary. Um, And I thought about Ethan Hunt. And then I realized, no, Tom Cruise. That's bad. Bad Tom Cruise. That's crazy. Um, So um, I went with someone who I think has also a franchise of uh, recent spy films. Also, all of them. There's not hasn't been a bad one in it yet, and there's a new one coming out this year. So I'm going with Jason Bourne. That is atrocious. What? He's not a spy. He's an he's like a hired killer. What? With a spy, you have to at least do some spying. He is. He does spying. I mean, there's several movies where he is spying on people. He is. There's that whole scene where he tells. uh, He's looking in off the the building and says, "You know, I'm looking at you right now." That's spying. That is the definition of spying. I like that your definition of spying is basically like it could be a rear window. Well, I I should have put you should have put I should have put rear window on here. Jimmy Jimmy Stewart from because like peeping Tom inspired right looking at people. Well, he was looking at me. He is a spy. He's spying on me in a way. I don't know. I mean, you can you can have it. That's your list. Yeah, I mean, it's go down in flames. That's fine. I he's a spy. I don't know how your definition of spy and mine are are just completely different, I think. So, okay, so if Ethan Hunt versus Jason Bourne. Right. Who wins? Who wins that fight in a battle of spying? Not because I. But you don't watch spy movies to see people spy. You watch them to see them do like jump off of flaming airplanes onto like a tractor trailer and yeah, again you don't watch again you don't watch spy movies because you want to see somebody with a you know headset for two hours so to your point earlier this is the type of spy work we want to see and jason Bourne always delivers the goods matt damon is believable as this kind of like much more, I think more so than Tom Cruise, because again, Tom Cruise is like my height. Believe me, I should not be starring in any spy films. I think you would agree on me with I would me like on that. To see the Richard Benfred spy movie. <laughs> I think that would be incredible. We have no, to no, like I, take a. We have to take a break every like few minutes from running. Just gonna. I'm just winded. Yeah, this is ah uh, no. Just I'm, leave all that in. Hundred percent in on that movie. I would watch that. And one one thing I should t- last thing about Jason Bourne. I don't know if you guys have been listening to season two of serial. I shouldn't say this season because then it won't be evergreen. Because I'm sure years from now when people are listening to this podcast that's funny so it's about uh the bo bergdahl uh you know a wall soldier thing and one of the things he says in the first episode is that when he left his troop and decided to go make this run for like some towns you know 60 miles away he wanted to prove that he could be a real kind of action hero like jason Bourne. that's specifically what he said didn't say ethan hunt said jason Bourne. but did he say spy I think he's just an action hero. So, Michael, what's... All right, what's your four? My last one. I I had to really go back and forth between a couple different categories to make it onto my uh, mm-hmm. spy Mount Rushmore. Um, I decided to eliminate kid spies. Sure. Because... Like, it, as it in was, spy kids? I was thinking more of, like, Agent Cody Banks. But, yeah, I was thinking okay. of spy kids. But just the idea that uh, it is something that is super ridiculous. My number one spy on Mount Rushmore is Ian Fleming, who was a oh, real wow. spy mm. and the inventor and creator 
of James Bond. Now, I got around this a little way uh, by not talking about James Bond because this was a non-Bond. Right. But uh, Ian Fleming was the legit spy. Okay. Probably didn't do all that. I was going to say, how great of a spy was he really? I'm going to take it back a sec. He probably really didn't do, he was probably involved in plots and things. And I could read you the Wikipedia article that I briefly looked over before uh-huh. I thought of this super clever thing to end this with right. and to nail you with. You forgot about Julia Child. You could have chosen her, I by really the way. I thought about her, but uh, I didn't. Right. Because um, you hate women. Yeah, I, I do not hate women. They're great. <laughs> They're almost as cool as... As dudes. Yes. Yeah. I'll just say this. He wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with dual spy Raul Dahl, mm. children's author to the stars, or at least to the kids. I mean. Not a lot of stars read his books, but right. kids read his book. But uh, um, I mean, I mostly put him on here just to just to be just become some like a smart guy. Yeah, gotcha moment. Yeah, it was a gotcha, gotcha. Uh, real quick, I was surprised, Michael, you didn't put uh, Severus Snape on the list. Oh, uh, he uh, before <laughs> he was spoiler on, alert. By the way, yeah, guys, was, spoiler alert. He was on my list uh, that I wrote on my computer at work that I didn't didn't bring that I forgot. No. I forgot until right now, and I thought, God, that would have been really good. All right, so you've cast your four Mount Rushmore. Choices. Uh, this is the rare moment where I, as moderator, get to express my favorite. I'll just pick one. I'm not going to pick four. And this is also one going to tip you off as to the uh, direction uh, I chose for the winner of this podcast. My favorite spy is Caractacus Potts. Yeah! The main character. I don't know who that is. Chitty Chitty Bang. Bang. Oh, geez. Really? He's the protagonist. Who Wait, has a, main character? He is the, the protagonist. The, he, he is the spy who has a flying car an attractive girlfriend mm-hmm. and travels to a faraway land to liberate, to go undercover as a marionette person right? and liberate some children. Uh, really, the car is the, with, the star of the show, his, though. With his buddy, Benny Hill, mm-hmm. to liberate uh, a bunch of children from an evil baron and a creepy kid catcher. And so that leads uh, me into my choice for the winner of this Mount Rushmore podcast. And it's basically due to the relish and enjoyment he took in all his choices. It, it, Richard hinted at, at this. It's kind of about the gadgets and the, the fun and the excitement. We know that spying really is probably a boring, oftentimes boring and oftentimes fatal and awful profession. But we watch it as entertainment because we want to have a good time and watch all the fun and games go on. So I pick Michael Winfield as the winner of this episode of the Mount Rushmore podcast. I'm so mad right now. I'm going to just eat some pizza. He's just gonna, That's all I'm going to do. He's eating gonna, my he's I'm gonna eating Anger. Things and spy at things. And I'm gonna. Just, he's gonna go to the window and just sit here and, and eat, look out this window and eat some pizza. If you'd like to follow us online or listen to past episodes, please check us out at mountmtrushmorepodcast.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com/mtrushmorepodcast or Twitter at mtrushmorepod. 